What's up, everybody? And on this episode of the Arts Effect Podcast, we are featuring two of our orchestra teachers who moved to our district all the way from New York. We're going to talk about what it's like to move across the country, their passion for orchestra, and get to know some of the key differences between Texas and New York, especially in the grocery store. Check it out. All right, and welcome to this episode of the Arts Effect Podcast. Once again, my name is Ray LeVan, and I'm the very proud director of fine arts here at Goose Creek CISD. And we have a very special episode because we have two very special people in the building. This episode is dedicated to New York and our two New York transplants that work for us in our district. They moved all the way across the country to come and join us here in Goose Creek CISD. We're so happy to have them. So ladies, why don't you introduce yourselves? Hello, my name is Jesse Moran. I am the Sterling High School Orchestra Director, and I am the first transplant here from New York. Hi, my name is Maeve Hantrow. I'm currently the orchestra teacher at Cedar Bayou Junior, which is a middle school. Um, and I lived in New York <laughs> as well. <laughs> there, there, I can see this, this episode is going South really fast. <laughs> it's really fast. They're just giggling out of control for some reason. So, so guys, it, it's an amazing thing and, it, and it's worthy to have an episode because I'm sure there's some people out there that might be considering these big types of changes and just taking the plunge and, and they feel the fear of that. And you guys have actually done it. Okay, guys. So the real question is, is like, tell everybody something about your backgrounds. Like, how'd you get started? What brought you to music? And kind of what brought you to Texas? Okay. So I taught in New York for four years. Um, and it was not a program that I saw myself being in for a long time. And when I was looking elsewhere, I knew that I wanted to move out of state. And when I said I was going to move out of state, everybody said, Texas, move to Texas, move to Texas. And um, so I kind of just put a thing out on Facebook. And the previous director reached out to me and was like, you seem like a good fit. And then I went for it. And then I came here. Yeah, Miss Miss Gates. Shout out to Cammy Gates. Thank you, Miss Gates. Appreciate you. Appreciate you. What about you, Maeve? Yeah, this is my second year teaching. Um, so one year in Texas, one year uh, in New York. Um, but when I was in New York, I was kind of a mixer. I taught special ed for a little bit um, in a self-contained class. Um, I also taught chorus for about four or five months, um, and then I switched to orchestra. Okay. And while I was in my orchestra position. Um, Jesse phoned me one day and said, what are you doing? And I was like, well, I'm, I'm good. How are you? You know, like, first of all, hello, it's been six years. Um, wow. hello. Yeah. Shots fired. <laughs> Shots fired. No, we kept in touch through like social media and stuff. You know? We, we kept in touch through social media. We also had some common, uh, college friends that were still in college and, yeah, yeah. Um, she reached out and she said, Hey, you know, do you want a job in Texas? I'm down in Texas and we would love to have you. And I said, that's great, but I have a job right now. And she said, that's lovely, but how do you like your job? And I was like, actually, it's not the best. 
I mean, I've been floating around for quite a while. <laughs> um, and I kind of want to find a place where I'm more suitable for. And the curriculum is more open and the standards are more uh, to my liking and to my style of teaching. Um, so I decided to pack up and head down here. And it was probably the best decision I've ever made. Well, well, we are extremely excited to have you and proud to have you guys. So let's go back a little further, though, because we're featuring you guys on the Arts Effect podcast on this particular episode. So what brought you to music to begin with? Like at the very beginning, like what were you just born musical? You just kind of one day just kind of remember picking up an instrument and that was it? Or was there a moment like, oh man, this is cool. I want to try this out. Like, like talk to me a little bit about that. Or was there that moment? Um, I know for me, I was more of a sports kid. I did a lot of basketball and soccer. Um, but my parents pulled me out of that because I wasn't very into it. I would just sit in the field and pick the daisies as the, as the memes are out there, you know? Um, wait, hold on. There's something to unpack there. Are you serious? Yeah, seriously. You literally would sit in the middle of the, in a game. Yeah, yeah. And I hated defending because the shin guards in soccer were, were not very good. The kids would just come and kick you. Like, who does that? People that play who soccer. I don't, I don't, I was not very, was not very athletic. <laughs> let me tell you that. Okay. I, I'm starting to use my, <laughs> u- use my inferencing skills to figure that one out. Okay. So. <laughs> Um, during that time, I didn't really know what I wanted to do because I was also bullied a lot in school. Mm-hmm. Um, so from like fourth grade all the way until junior year of high school, I like was bullied. Um, so I needed to find an outlet that was appropriate for who I was at the time. Um, so I turned to music and thought, hey, that's a place where I'll find commonalities. I'll find kids who are interested in things that I'm interested in and maybe I'll find friends because uh, yeah. that's really what I wanted. Mm-hmm. Um so I genuinely did not like orchestra probably until junior year of high school. Um, and then that's when my music teacher said, hey, do you want an internship? And I said, that would be kind of interesting and good for my resume. Um, so I did an internship in Tenafly, New Jersey, and I taught sectionals and I conducted um, and I fell in love with music and teaching. So what, what instrument do you play? I Primarily play the cello. Primarily play the cello. Yes. So what grade did you actually start the cello? I started the cello in fourth grade. Wow. I was asked, and the question I was asked was, do you want to sit or stand? Me being the lazy person said sit. So I okay. got the cello. What's the next question? Are there daisies involved? The is there, is there anywhere I can pick, <laughs> I can pick daisies from? I was a fourth grader. I, yeah, I don't but, know. I but just, that's kind of crazy. Do you, would yeah. you rather sit or stand? That, I can't believe that was the question I was asked when I was told to choose an that probably makes you cringe now it makes me cringe now as a highly qualified music teacher (laughs) as a music teacher it makes me cringe it's like do you want to sit or stand okay here take this yes well but it has worked out extremely well for you it has worked out out. because we actually have two cellists because Mm -hmm. miss moran you you played cello as well right so what brought you to to music okay so my story so i played the violin at third grade in the third grade violin club just because it seemed fun my whole family, they're all athletes. I, too, am the least athletic person I know. Like, I can't even catch, like, a ball from across the table. Um, so I was like, you know It's a good thing what? we don't have any of those here in, in the podcast. <laughs> <right now>. <laughs> <laughs> so I was like, all right, I'm going to join the violin club. 
And so then I really liked the violin and I decided I was going to play the violin. But then my orchestra teacher, we used to call her like the sorting hat from Harry Potter. And she would just be like cello. Like she would just put, she would just look at us and be like, I know. And I was like, I don't want to play the cello. That thing is bigger than me. It was like a tiny shrimp at the time. (laughs) And I was like, I can't carry this thing. At the time. And so then I really hated playing the cello for fourth and fifth grade because she didn't give me an option. But then in sixth grade, I was like, okay, I'm kind of good at this thing. Okay, I really like this thing. So then all through middle school, I pretty much decided that I was going to focus on that. And then high school really solidified that for me. And it was all my teachers. Like, my teachers were great. And then even looking back on it, I'm very thankful to my elementary school teacher. And then we always played in orchestras together after. Me and all my orchestra teachers, we all played in a community orchestra together when I was living in New York, so that was fun. It always ends up like that, doesn't it? It the, was fun. You always end up, if, if you're in music long enough, you end up playing with your teachers. Yeah. Uh, that is if they're still out there playing and they're not mm-hmm. just teaching solely. And the cello is such a beautiful instrument. Yeah. It's, it's got it's just such a beautiful sound. Yep. So I guess the follow-up to all of that is, you know, when you decide you want to do music, like what brought you to orchestra and strings? Was it literally just the opportunity or was there one thing that just attracted you to stringed instruments because some people you know they pick on a on a piano in a store and then that just kind of piques their interest or their parents listen to a certain type of music and you see this person that looks really cool with this funny looking thing in their hand like oh that's neat what's that oh that's a trumpet that's a saxophone that's this or that like oh well I want to try that it was and then you're kind of off to the races my family was like what's a cello I was like okay (laughs) and then I brought that home they were like, we have to, we have to bring you to school, and I was like, yeah, and like with this thing in the car, and I was like, yeah, but I don't know. Once I got better at it, I was like, this thing is really pretty, pretty much that, and yeah. then um, it, I liked that it was something that set me apart from my siblings, and I was like, oh, there is actually something that I'm good at and that I'm passionate about, yeah. and that I don't have to fear my life for every time I stand in front of it. Yeah, got it. What about you, Maeve? Was there any one particular thing? Um. The cello, I didn't know much about, obviously, when I picked it as an instrument. Um, because you s- chose to sit. Yeah, well, I, d- I, I chose to sit. Yes. And um, the orchestra teacher I had for elementary school was very complete opposite from what Jesse had. I mean, mine was quite mean and harsh. And, you know, if you didn't know your notes, you were gone. That's it. You know, you sit in the corner and you don't play for the day. Um, I'm serious. <laughs> wow. And it was, it was stressful. So I had to get good really quickly. And when I got, you know, competent in my instrument, I was like, wow, this is kind of cool because people in middle school and high school would come in during lunch and be like, can you teach me this? Or can you play this for me? Um, And it was at that moment where I was fell in love with the instrument. I was like, it's cool that I can convey an emotion for other people on my instrument the way that I play it and with the tone that I play and how I perform it. And just leaning into the skill set of from being a performer to now a teacher, you know, you give the gift of your sound when you perform, but then showing someone how to find their own sound and giving them that same experience and teaching them how to do that. And the, the poetry of that is, is truly a gift. And I guess my next question is given that you guys are are amazing orchestra teachers, we know that, we've established this, we know this, (laughs) but the actual idea of relocating thousands of miles away from everything that you've known Mm 
because see now what part of New York are you guys from? I'm from Long Island. I'm from uh, Nyack, New York, which is about 40 minutes north of New York City. Okay, okay. So leaving those areas, because you guys actually went to college together, right? Yes, that's how we know each other. Yeah, Crane, Crane School of Music. The Crane School of Music. The Crane School of Music. There Crane. we go. That is us, <laughs> yes. There you go. Okay, and, and Miss Miranda is, is serenading us here on the podcast. You should feel lucky. <laughs> You should feel very lucky <laughs> at this, but you, you know, and I mean, it's a random thing to get. It's like, Hey, I think you'd be a fit. You seem like a good person. For example, Miss Moran, Miss Gates sent you that message just randomly. Hey, you seem like a good person. There's an opportunity down here for you. Like differences between New York and Texas, like in the differences of the programs, the differences and the experiences of, teaching the kids the program support or lack thereof in you know what do, what do you guys are finding as the the difference and especially the difference that you saw that enticed you to do this because something had to make you guys want to come here besides getting a paycheck but besides besides that there had to be something to make you want to completely live in a completely different region of the country like like like, like what enticed you to, to do that and what are some of those differences well, when I was on the phone with Jesse, um, she had mentioned, she's like, the kids are very different down here. And I said, what do you mean? And she's like, they love music. Music is a priority. Music is loved here. And kids actually come to class prepared and ready to learn. And I said, oh, I'm going to need to see this for myself, obviously. I came down in April. I met you, uh, Mr. LeVan. And That's true. I uh, went to see the school that I'm currently teaching at. <laughs> um, and... I was shocked by the amount of passion and and uh, work already done by the students. When I had gotten there, they were ready to play. They were ready to work with me. I mean, I was a guest conductor at the time, and they just picked up right where we left off. And I was taken away by that because in New York, it's very different. Um, sports come first. I mean, I know you're huge on football down here, yeah. but we also value music and certain parts of education in New York don't allow for music to even intermingle in any way. Really? Um, mm -hmm. Yeah. Just, just in terms of, you know, art is art. Music is music. Uh, math is math. Science is science. And that's that. So there's nothing co-curricular that you see there. There's no collaboration between those groups. We say that we collaborate. I mean, we have our collaborative meetings, um, but you sit down and what are we collaborating on? Nothing. What, what can we collaborate on? Well, who knows? You know, because yeah. music is music to them and science is science. But there has to be, and that's part of the purpose of the podcast is, is so that people don't diminish the contributions of the arts. And if you're right. in a situation where people see the arts as something that's less than and right. they don't trust each other to understand that value and how this can contribute equally. It's his own thing separately, but it's, it all works together. Yeah. I'll take science or math into account when I'm even teaching. It's so easy. One and two and three and four. You're counting. Yeah. That, that is math. You're doing math patterns. You're doing one, two and three, four. 
I mean, when you're talking about science, you're talking about the gravity of the bow falling physics. onto the string. Physics. Yeah. Physics of acoustics. Putting your fingers down on the string. Figuring out, ooh, am I on this string? Okay, that means I have to put my finger on this string. Mm-hmm. It's very challenging. Yeah. The lengthening and shortening of the string and how right. it affects the pitch. Yep. Like all, all of that. What about you, Miss Moran? Um, well, I'll start by saying off of that, I knew I made the right choice my first meeting before I even started teaching at Sterling because we had a, a meeting and then they said fine arts and athletics in the same sentence. And like my mind was blown that we were in that meeting. We had a slide and it said fine arts and athletics. I was like, oh my gosh, not only did fine arts come first before athletics, but it was just combined in the same sentence. So I knew I made the right choice then. Um, so New York, the programs just run a little bit differently. Um, we have pull-out lessons, which the other teachers generally don't like. Um, and I, let me just back up a little bit. So we start here, I feel more efficient than starting in New York. We also so start so in fourth grade in New York. We start in fourth grade. So you would think that the programs would be of the same caliber that they are here. Right. But what I've noticed is the difference is you start in third, fourth, fifth grade. A lot of string programs even start in third grade. Um, they don't see each other every day. They see each other once a week or once on a six-day cycle for a pull-out lesson and then sometimes a morning rehearsal if the parents will bring them there. So these kids are only playing once a week for an entire semester or an entire year. And then they get into fourth grade and then you have like still an every other day kind of thing. And they don't start seeing you every day until sixth grade, middle school. Yeah. Um, and that's if they're not in another class every other day. So there's not always consistency in what they're learning. And so they can't school, practice there's, it. There's not that consistency, even in middle school, junior school. It depends on what no, grade level yeah. and if they're involved. So like if they also want to take chorus, they call it chorus up there. I don't right. require down here. Um, Same thing. But if they, if they want to take chorus, you're on an every other day schedule. So the choir orchestra sharers will only see each other, like see you every other day. Huh. That, that's interesting. And then you have the pullout lessons which they're required to go to, but then the other teachers don't require, like don't let them go half the time because what they're doing is so much more important than what we're doing because we're just music. Those are their words, not our words. Um, And so they don't let them come to those small group lessons, which are supposed to be helpful. It's supposed to be when they're going to have that like small setting time. Um, And then, I don't know, asking students to come to a sectional after school would be like unheard of. And parents would be like, uh, there's other things going on after yeah, school. How dare you keep how my child? How dare you ask yeah. for a sectional? And so, <laughs> like, when I came here, I was like, Wednesday sectionals after school? And they were all like, okay. I was like, two hours? And they were like, yep. I was like, where am I? How, yeah. is, this, <laughs> how is this happening? Yeah. Like, what in the so world's going two on? Hours. What's going on? And so, like, I don't think, I don't think it's anything necessarily against the New York school systems. It's just not as a appreciated as it is here or it's just not the culture that's established up there now there are some schools but they're known as like the good music schools that will run their programs similarly to how we run ours down here because the like a lot of the premier and more famous because there's premier music programs all over the country sure you know let me be clear you know you know we're in texas so we got to shout out the university of north texas First and foremost, mm-hmm. along with along with the rest of the amazing music programs here here in this state, but when you think about just the top tier elite music schools, you think of Juilliard, you think of 
you think of Eastman and, and, mm-hmm. and some of these, and those are all in New York. Manhattan School of Music, yeah. Yeah, Manhattan School of Music. I mean, just, just to think about it. So that's kind of reserved, if I'm understanding what you're telling me correctly, the, those real deep experiences seem to be kind of reserved for those types of schools. Correct. And if you're just going to PS 101, I, and, and nobody in New York get mad at me. I have no idea what PS 101 <laughs> is. I just, I just came up with a number off the top of my head. That's more of a city thing. Uh, yeah, the, okay. The PS public school, like uh, I taught at a named high school. Okay, so, um, or just whatever school, that they don't have those those types of experiences where like I can have music every day. Like literally I have band class every day or orchestra every day, choir slash chorus mm-hmm. uh, every day. It's, it's on a rotation still. And then they have pullout lessons within the day. Yeah. The pullout lessons are for like the different periods. So you would probably have five periods in the day, four or five for your pullout lessons and they're on a rotating schedule so that they're not missing the same class every week. They're missing once every six week cycle or whatever. And still the teachers don't want to let you do that, but they will still have like, they have their class period. When you get to junior high and high school, you have your class period and then you get the pullout lesson on top of that. Yeah. But that would be like in lieu of doing like sectionals after school and those kinds of things. Cause your group lessons would be violins, violas, cellos, basses. So you group them together by like level and whole lesson, like rotation chart and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. And I don't know. It's just, it's just for me in being the person that hired both of you, Mm -hmm. uh, (laughs) it was just, it was very illuminating for me to hear you guys talk about these differences because you would think that it wouldn't be so different uh, between parts of the country at least musically speaking, because you think teaching music to a certain extent is teaching music, but it's it's interesting to see the some of those cultural differences because it was it was mind blowing to me. Like, wait, really? Like, that's how it that's how it happens. That's what's going on. So it was it was just amazing, and I think it's worth it for you all that are listening to to understand that even you know if you're with, if you happen to be with us in Goose Creek CISD, understand that you know it's not this way everywhere. Sometimes you know a lot of people are struggling, and 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 the culture is not as strong. So you know we're just thankful to be where we are, and thankful to have people like Miss Moran and Miss and Miss Hantro that are decided to move a million miles away from from where they were. Um, so speaking of that, okay, we have now had this conversation. You've interviewed. You've been offered in a position. You've accepted it. And I'm sure at this point it's like you swallow real hard and you say, okay, I'm doing this. Mm-hmm. Like how did that feel? It felt exciting. I was so ready. I was so ready to come down here and work. It was, oh, I, was I don't know. You just, you just wanted the, the, the shooter drop. You're like, you're just ready to go. I was like, ready. I was not. I told my parents, I was like, I'm moving. And they were like, okay, have fun. Be safe. I told my former orchestra director. She was like, don't look back. Move down there. Don't look back. I was like, okay. Um, I don't know. I was just ready. I felt ready, especially after COVID had happened and having to teach online and doing all those kinds of things. And I was just ready for a cohesive orchestra program. And I had heard recordings of the Sterling Orchestra beforehand. Yeah. And I was just excited. Like, I don't really think I felt nervous at any point. I was waiting at some point to feel the homesick, but I went home a million times for breaks and stuff. So I didn't really feel that homesickness. Um, Yeah. 
I wasn't ready. What about you, May? For me, it's different. Uh, <laughs> I was very stressed. <laughs> um, you don't say. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, I was stressed. I have a partner to, you know, think about moving with. I mean, my family to think about, the job that I was currently leaving. Um, so I had to give notice. I had to pack up my whole apartment. I had to get a new car because <laughs> um, my car broke down. Really? I didn't know that. Yeah. Either. Oh, yeah. Um, the car that I was driving had like 117,000 miles on it, and it was like, I'm done. Um, so I was I would sit at a light and pray that I wasn't there too long because I was afraid the engine would stall, Oh, wow. um, which it did once, and the car shut off, and I was like, oh, no. <laughs> um, so bye to that car, and I, I bought my dad's old Subaru. Um, so I drove the Subaru three days down here. And my partner drove the U-Haul truck with his car on the back. Um, and it was quite a drive. I mean, I drove 11 hours one day, eight hours the next, and like, I don't know, four hours or 11, know, 10, and four. Two. You're a maniac. That's why. <laughs> like, And she also drives like 98 miles per hour Hold on. Way. Hold on now. The, you, we don't want to put too much out here on the arts. We're from now. New York, but we're from two different parts of New York. About. I always drive the speed limit. Okay. I don't know I what you're talking safe. about. All authorities, please understand that, that <laughs> yeah, Miss Miranda obeys all traffic laws. I just stopped sign what? <laughs> I drove to Nashville. Be careful when you deal with Miss Antro. She she came in here guns blazing today. <laughs> I drove to Nashville and then I drove See, from Nashville to thing. here. You it guys was a two day trip. Yeah, no, that's crazy. You guys think that three hours to uh, San Antonio is a day trip. That's that's going to college for me. Four hours and I'm in college. It took me eight hours to go to college. That is a that's a day trip to you guys. That's crazy. That's I'll have to get used to that. Well, well. San Antonio is a little bit farther than three hours. I know it's four. It's four and a half. I think that was three and a half. No, that was like three. It's not, no, it's about maybe four. you do drive ninety eight. <laughs> <laughs> See, <laughs> three. See, maybe you do. I'm it's, telling it's you, it's like three and a half max. It's no, a little bit longer shave than off that. An I'm hour. Google Maps this it's a right little now, bit actually. longer than that. If you okay. Google Maps it, I tell you we're right. Guys, it's uh, four point four five. Okay, so while while they're uh, having their <laughs> driving argument, um, guys, this is prime entertainment here on the Arts Effect. That this is this is fantastic. So, literally in the midst of it, did you guys have any fears? Did you guys have any? And by the way, Miss uh, Miranda is shoving her cell phone in my <laughs> face. This so show me that Google Maps says currently is three hours and thirty nine minutes. It's three and a half hours. Maybe your phone has adapted to Maybe the fact that you, you drive, drive really too slow. fast. And okay, so besides, besides this, <laughs> moving it right along. Um, so, did you guys feel any fear? Like, like you're like, man, I hope this doesn't suck. You know, what while you're driving, or or was it just that same? kind of normal nervousness or I was nervous that the kids wouldn't like me or would think that I'm psychotic now the kids think I'm psychotic but they do like me so it turned out being well, your, okay. ki your kids love you <laughs> but I was nervous I'm just like I'm loud and I feel like that gets perceived the wrong way a lot of the time so I had to do a lot of like I'm not yelling at you this is just my speaking voice. And they were all kind of like, okay. Yeah. And then Mr. Alvarez would come and be like, my wife's from Jersey. She's also loud. I think it's just a regional thing. <laughs> and I would be like, thank you. And so they learned quickly. I'm just loud and I'm not yelling okay. all the time. 
What yeah. about you, Miss Antro? Um, for me, I think when I got on the road, I was excited. I mean, I wasn't really fearing anything. Um, the only thing was just really adjusting to living somewhere new. Mm-hmm. Um, so I kind of just moved out of my parents' house six months before I moved here. Okay. So I was on, I was living alone for a bit. I was experiencing new things. I was working, um, and now I'm just working a million miles away and that's okay. I mean, I call my family, I stay in touch and that's not a fear of mine. Yeah. Um, the kids are great. I love working with them. Um, I, you know, I'm not as chaotic as Miss Jessie over here. <laughs> um, I'm a little bit more mellow, as you can tell with my speaking voice. Um, <laughs> but no, the kids love me. I love the school building. I love the community you guys have uh, developed here. And my parent night went amazing. I had tons of parents that were checking in with me and excited that I was there. And it was great. Yeah. And I think now would be a good point to, to shout out a very special person that we all three of us know, uh, because both of you guys, you said four hours was was a drive to college. And again, you guys attended the Crane School of Music. But one of your favorite people <gasps> is one of my favorite people. Uh, Miss Julie Miller was actually the accompanist <laughs> when for me when I was an undergrad at uh, McNeese State University here in Lake Charles, Louisiana. And um it was kind of funny that we had that degree of connection because Miss Moran mentioned her. I was like, wait a minute, like Julie Miller, Julie Miller. Like, yeah. Julie and so Miss Miller. Miller, if you hear us, we love you. We appreciate <laughs> you. There is no one else like you. She's the best. Miss Julie Miller at the Crane School of Music is one of the best people to ever walk the planet ever. Mm-hmm. Don't argue with me about it. Cause I don't care what you say. She is, a, <laughs> she is absolutely one of the most amazing people to ever walk the planet. She's just perfect. She's a perfect person. She's she's amazing. She's very sweet. Second to no one. Second to no one. So now that we're back, kind of back on the subject, so let let's get out of music for a second. Mm-hmm. Like you come to Texas, there's got to be a culture shock. Oh my gosh, yes. So like <laughs> personally, well, well, you already talked about professionally, kind of like, oh my god, what am I like? These kids want to have sectionals, like what's going on, like like, and some of that cultural shock you've had professionally, but personally, like, what are some of the things? Like, wait a minute, this is definitely not New York. Boots and hats. You said that very enthusiastically. She was very excited. She was very excited it's about the, the boots. first time I saw someone wearing like boots and a hat. I I like was like. It's boots and it like I pointed. <laughs> I was like, you did not point. I did. I was like, oh my god, it's boots and I, <laughs> I really did. <laughs> and then like I saw some students wearing boots, and I was like, they're wearing boots. I couldn't believe it. Now, do you own a pair of boots? I do. Okay, there you go. Wearing her down. I have a pair of boots. So is that it? Boots and hats. That was really the biggest thing I can remember. I remember, like even now, I still get excited to see people in boots and hats. Like, just in public. Like, that's just, like, they're, they just wear it. Like, it's part of their wardrobe. Yeah, it kind of happens that They're way. not Timberlands. They're <laughs> cowboy boots. Wow. Yo, son. <laughs> Yo, son. Got the Tims on, son. Uh, so, uh, Ms. Hantrow, what about you? Was there anything that was just, like, a cultural shock moment for you? Um, I think the biggest shock was just actually being here. I mean, Texas is a huge state. I think the culture shock of you can drive three days across Texas and still be in Texas. Yeah. 
Um, well, just all of the land. Yeah. Like, because everything's not kind of squinched together. Yeah. There's tons of, tons of land. Um, I do love the heat. I'm getting used to it more often. New York is definitely not as hot. Um, so that was a little bit of a shock. Um, just getting used to that. But other than that, no, I, I've seen people in boots and hats before. So that really wasn't a culture shock to me. That was big for me. Um, I can tell you're, cause there's we're, not, we're still you guys are normal. It. There's not much. That's, Thank you. Thank yeah. you. I think the accents was a big one for me. Just, and yeah. a lot of people call me, you know, honey pie and s- sweetie pie. And I've never been called that before. And well, I think it's adorable. People are just like nice, like in the They're grocery so nice. store. I had a great conversation with a woman at the store the other day about, um, strawberries. I looked at the strawberries and I said, you know, if you go over there, they're a bit better. And she goes, why, thank you. You know? And she's like, you know, she's like, I can't, I'm so glad I didn't take the time to just look through all of them. You just helped me. And I was yeah. like, that's, that's what we do. Cause the, cause the stereotype <laughs> there, there's less, how can I put it? This, this stereotype about New York. I, I've never been <laughs> personally. So, so I don't know this for myself, Curious. but this, the stereotype is that, you know, New Yorkers are a more direct yeah, can I speak mm. on that really quick? You can speak on this okay, is the Arthur so Fact podcast. Going about, you can speak going on about it. like the grocery store. Can I tell you about my first HEB experience? I'm sure the listeners would love to know about the HEB experience, okay, but let so me preface it. <laughs> Given that we are in Texas, we are uh, current Goose Creek CISD is located in Baytown, Texas, which is a suburb of Houston, Texas. So there is a grocery store chain called H-E-B, and H-E-B is a very big deal. Shout out to H-E-B. Shout out to H-E-B. Shout, big shouts out to H-E-B. But H-E-B is a very you, big deal. grocery store. Don't even say that you did it. So, so okay, go, Miss Moran. <laughs> H-E-B okay. experience. So, me being the, you know, like, maybe direct or aggressive New Yorker that I am. Also, Maeve is from, like, the nice part of New York, and I'm from, like, the aggressive part of New York. Not that we're not nice. We're true. just very direct. So, there are different parts of New York. So, anyway, so go to H-E-B. And they're like bagging up my groceries. And then I was like, okay, thank you. And then they offered to like carry it out to my car. And I said, why do you want to know what my car looks like? Like, Why are you trying to follow me out to my car? You want my license plate? You want to follow me? So I was just like, please back up. And I was like, I'm so sorry. They were, I was just trying to be nice. Like, I'm so sorry. I was like, oh my gosh. I was like, I'm. This is someone that actually works at H-E-B? Like somebody that does carry out or this was just a random yeah, person bad. at, but you never know. H-E-B. You never know. You this have per- to have your guard up all Can the time. Can I ask a question? Did this person have an H E B shirt on? She's yeah. shaking her head. Yes. <laughs> Did this person have an H E B name tag? I don't remember that much, but I'm going to assume. Yes. Okay, there's a lot to unpack but like, there, but, I, but I'm you, not going to unpack nobody it. Nobody, like, carries your groceries out to your car for you. So they don't have carry out in... In New York, like I don't that's know. Not, that's well, if we're Maybe in I'm, if we're in the grocery store, we don't get somebody to carry our groceries out. That's our job. If we decide to do it online, we get some. We park in a parking spot, and somebody brings our groceries out to us. That's normal. But I was just like, "Why do you want to follow me?" Like I, I was so <laughs> taken. Like I didn't understand. That might just be a southern thing, because in the South, like I'm originally from Louisiana, and. At the grocery store, there's some whoever bags it, you know, they can they'll be willing to carry it out and load up for you. And then they they roll the basket back in and then they're on to the next thing. Yeah, it was very polite of them and very rude of me. But then I was like, Oh, I'm I'm not in New York anymore. That was one of the culture I, shock moments. I think for that would have I think that qualifies as a moment. I, I would 
<laughs> I think that qualifies as it. I was like, oh my gosh, I'm terrible. Okay. Well, well, now that you've ingratiated yourself into the Texas and Baytown community, like, are you guys involved in anything in the community? Or are you, are you like allowing yourself to be more comfortable? Like, you, I, I think, Miss Moran, you're a member of the Baytown Symphony Orchestra, right? I am. So, um, any anything else? Anything else anybody's getting involved in or linked into? I actually went to the rehearsal, um, not last week, but the week before that, for Baytown Symphony Orchestra, and they sound amazing. They're working on some great pieces. Yeah. Um, I do want to continue going and getting out there in the community. I mean, I definitely want to do more private lessons or lessons to anybody that's interested in taking lessons. Um, I mean, I don't know. I just want to get out there. And experience new things and help people. I love helping people. Awesome. Awesome. So now we're at the point of the podcast, because even though you guys have been so open and so honest, we know that <laughs> uh, Miss Moran uh, do not carry her groceries out <laughs> <laughs> and watch out for her on the road because she drives extremely fast. Yeah. Don't, don't even offer. And, and we know Miss <laughs> Ann. And we know not to play with Miss Hantro because she will put your I, business out there like this. I will not. I will. It took me a while <laughs> to stop, like, stopping at doors. Like, people would open the door for me, and I would just stop. And they'd be like, walk through the door. Like, just walk through the door. Like, I would stop at the doorway and, like, just wait for it to slam in my face. And they were like, why are you sitting there? Walk through the door. I was like, oh, my gosh. I lot, don't do that. There's a lot going on. <laughs> there's a lot going on right now. Um, so in your opinion, since we're getting in your business right now, what's the best thing or most fulfilling thing about your job being a music educator? The kids. Like their passion for wanting to do it and just the products that they come out with and their work ethic. That's just fulfilling to me. Like I go into work every day and they're just ready to work. Awesome. They just get better. I don't know. The kids are amazing. I do work at a younger level, so it's a little bit different. I mean, the kids come in with a different mood every day, just mm-hmm. how we wake up with a different mood every day. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's an adjustment since the moment I see them to the moment they leave. And it's it's important for me and rewarding for me to make connections with them because there are students who don't love music, and that's that's okay. It's not important to love music specifically. It's important to love and be passionate about something in life. Um, it could be anything. It could be design. It could be uh, education. It could be art. It could be anything. It could be dance. Uh, it does not matter, but to me, it matters that you try. So when I see a student trying and really giving me everything that they have, it's it's rewarding to me. Because I've gotten them to that point where, yes, they might not like it, but they understand that we've mutually agreed that we're going to try our best and try to like it for the mo- for the moment. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Awesome. So now on the other flip side, what do you find to be the most challenging thing? Keeping up with the expectations, the Texas expectations. So, um, uh, it's just the the workload as as rewarding as it is it is also the most challenging part so just making sure that um we just have things like in tune in time the right selection the cur- the right amount of work the correct amount of concerts um so just making sure that we're doing enough i find 
to be challenging, like making sure that we are, I want this to be a well-known program in Texas. So having us get to that point and really expanding the Sterling Orchestra program and, and having people know that, you know, like we're serious about this and we're ready to take this to the next level. All of the things that come with that, I find to be challenging. Awesome. We are going to do rapid fire questions. So since this is a teacher profile, we're going to have Miss Hantro and Miss Moran answer 10, count them 10 rapid fire questions. And uh, we're going to make sure that we have it together. I'm going to use this handy dandy pencil and make sure that we do not go over 10. Okay, you guys I'm ready? Nervous. Are you guys ready? You shouldn't be. <laughs> you shouldn't be. We got this. Are you? You got this. You got this. And nobody's gonna be driving or carrying groceries or anything like that. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Question number one. Go to drink in the morning. Coffee. You did mm, that on coffee. purpose. I did not do it on purpose. Coffee. But but what did you say again, Miss Moran? <clears throat> coffee. And I said coffee. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Okay, here we go. It, it is a New York it is a New York episode. Coffee. What kind of coffee? How do you take your coffee? Black to Splenda. Or Stevia lately, actually. A serious business right there. I have to have a non-dairy creamer. But if I have the creamer, it's okay. So um, you and can no see, sugar for me. You see that one is very fancy. <laughs> oh, I have to have a non-dairy creamer with the Okay, go to karaoke song. Um uh, Roar by Katy Perry. Wow. Lady Marmalade, uh -huh. serious business, serious business. All right, so here's another one. This is a better one. What do you keep on your desk or workspace area that boosts your mood? A Gatorade. A Gatorade? <laughs> <laughs> Not what I, being properly hydrated boosts your mood? You'd be surprised. Okay. A lot of us are dehydrated <laughs> well, and it really drags our mood know. down. <laughs> <laughs> this, new, have, this new segment is working out so great already. I have little motivational signs. Motivational signs. Makes a little bit more sense. <laughs> okay. If you were to, going to speak to a group of graduating teenagers, what would be the topic? Oh, my gosh. Finding your passion. Okay. I, I'm, I can't think on the spot like this. I feel like I need to think about this question. Rapid fire? Um, does it have to be serious? Is, is this the Texas expectations? Yes. This is the Texas expectations. Um, Pass. Okay. What was a specific turning point in your life? <laughs> I don't know, uh, when I, oh. Wait, go ahead, May. I was going to say when I got into the chamber orchestra of my high school, that was a turning point because I auditioned multiple times and didn't get in uh, because I wasn't good enough. The director told me that. So then I worked my butt off and I re-auditioned and I got in. Mine mm -hmm. was the day I realized I needed to leave New York. Oh, there you go. Okay. okay. If you could start your career over, what would you do differently? Nothing. Honestly... I don't know that I would change it either. Okay. Other than music, what do you consider yourself to be an expert at? Being kind to others. Disney. <laughs> Disney as a whole, you're just an expert about Walt Disney? Disney movies, Disney history, um, 
Disney World, the place, <laughs> Disneyland in California. Like how many rides of, does Disney have? How many rides? No, Disney how many rides does Disney have? Oh, see, I don't know. Oh, I'm see, just now saying, you like, don't know I'm like good about like the parks and <laughs> Shots planning again. vacations. Like, I feel like I could be a travel. It didn't agent stand on the up side. to scrutiny. It did not stand <laughs> up to scrutiny. All right, who is your favorite villain or bad guy? My favorite villain is Ursula. From The Little Mermaid? Yeah. Okay. Probably the Joker. Good choices. Good choices. Okay. If you were in charge, what three items would you have in the office vending machine? Skittles. Okay. That's strong. Um, some kind of like... Nutri bar for like when I want kind of like a healthy snack, but also like a cruddy snack at the same time. Okay. And salt and vinegar chips. Okay, got it. Maeve? Um, I'd have to go with a protein bar, a protein shakes. <laughs> and the last one would be uh, uh, Reese's peanut butter cups. Okay, I thought you were going to go for protein chips. <laughs> every, everything was protein. I'm sorry. All things protein every day. Okay, who would you like? to trade places with for one day uh you i don't know if you want to do that <laughs> but, but okay we'll take it you'd want to trade back pretty quick i'd imagine i don't know someone fun like rihanna not that you're not fun <laughs> that was terrible shots fired shots fired <laughs> I was just shots fired. you're the first person i could think of <laughs> okay how have you changed over the last five years? <clears throat> I feel like I have just had a lot more self-growth and self-recognition. And awesome. I understand myself as a person more. Yeah. I don't think I'm there as understanding my person yet. I think I'm still growing in that department. But the one thing that I know for sure is that I'm confident in the decisions I've made so far in life. If you were musically inclined, which you are. Whom would you want to have a private jam session with? Like, who would you just love to play with? Oh my God, Gwen Stefani. Gwen Stefani, that's a that's a good choice. Which I don't really listen to people. Maybe one, um, uh, uh, I don't know, One Republic, the band. Okay. I like alternative music. I'm surprised there there were there was no one orchestral that was named in that. But that's cool. Do you influence people more than they influence you, or the other way around? I feel like I feel like I influence people more only because I'm a teacher and I have a gajillion students in front of me every day. Um, I think both. Okay. What was your first job? I worked at a bakery in high school. Nice. Uh, I worked at a restaurant, a pizza restaurant. A pizza restaurant? Yes, I was the phone lady. The phone lady? Yes. So they, you're the person that took the orders? Yes, over the phone and had to deal with the old lady who couldn't see her credit card number. Okay, did they the call glasses. them pies by you? Yeah, we call pies. Of yeah. course. What do you say? They call, they call them pizzas down here. They want to order a pizza. They don't order a pie. Oh, they order a pizza. Uh, like, like a, a whole large pizza. pizza. And like there's no regular pie. They, they order oh. like a cheese pizza. Oh, <laughs> Watching a lot of lot of, lot, of, a lot of Texas versus New York being unpacked right here on the Arts <laughs> Effect podcast. Okay. Do you play any games on your smartphone? Yes. And if so, what's your favorite? 
uh, Subway Surfers. I'm tied between Solitaire and Candy Crush. I knew Candy Crush was going to come in here. Last one. When you meet a new person, do you like to talk about yourself or prefer to let them talk? I prefer to let them talk so I can get to know more about them. I would like to think I let other people talk, but like I know for a fact that that's not true. Like I probably talk about myself. You think? Okay, th- this is just a this is just a good one. So we're gonna add this one as a bonus. If you could pick one gadget from any superhero to own, what would it be? I want Captain America's shield. I want Iron Man's suit. Dang, that was- I want his whole suit. That's a good one. And his whole collection. That's a good one, but yeah. it's one. No, so it's the, s- but the one is the one creation. It's just different versions of the one. But that's more than one. Well, okay, fine. One, the best one. <laughs> Guys, we're having a ball here on the Arts Effect podcast. And ironically enough, that is our time. We thank you for uh, listening to this episode for and wish our New York transplants uh, great luck. They're already doing an amazing job and uh, we're very blessed to have them. And, and we thank you guys so much for everything that you do, thank everything you. you do for our kids. You're doing an amazing job. Keep doing it. Um, and guys, keep listening. Uh, go ahead. Uh, subscribe rate us review us uh, give us five stars if you give us four stars we're going to find miss hantro's elementary music teacher and make sure that if you don't know your notes you're going to sit in the corner if you give us four stars so you might want to just give us those five stars <laughs> thank you so much for listening and we will see you on the next episode